Don't touch that dial. You're listening to Board Games FM, your daily dose of tabletop gaming discussion on Anchor. Now, welcome your hosts, Jeremiah Isley, Scott Firestone, and AJ Skipstad. Hey guys, Jeremiah Isley here with Board Games Daily. Thanks so much for tuning in. We've got a very cool episode coming up for you, including a conversation about the new CCG Keyforge that released at Gen Con just last week. It's already been a week. That's crazy. Anyway, some other stuff is happening here at Theology of Games that we wanted to let you know about, including a written review of Grackles from Fireside Games. That just went live uh, yesterday as of the time that this episode will be released. And uh, over on That's How I Roll, the show about the games we play and the lives we live, I did an interview with Brenna Noonan of Starling Games. And we talk about all kinds of things from the shelf of shame to their latest releases, including Everdell and Archmage and Black Orchestra and just a ton of stuff. So we had a really great conversation and it's waiting there for you to have a have a quick listen to if you want to head over to That's How I Roll on TheologyOfGames.com. And I've got another segment coming up just in a minute here about a new feature here on the Anchor app. So if you didn't know, we produce the show via Anchor. It's a cool app that I like to call it's kind of like the Snapchat for podcasting. We can jump on it from anywhere. We use our phones a lot to record segments. And uh, like just last week when the CEO of Fantasy Flight or uh, Asmo Day was stepping down, I saw an email on my phone about it and I said, whoa, we got to talk about this. So I threw open the Anchor app. And boom, we were talking about it. We got the conversation rolling. So it's a really cool service, a really cool way to get a podcast produced. And uh, that's what we do with Board Games Daily. So they've got a cool feature that's going to be unveiled today. And we'll be talking about that in just a few moments. Stay tuned for that and more here on Board Games Daily. Okay, everybody, it's here. The big news you've been waiting for from Anchor and Board Games Daily. So we got contacted by them about a week or so ago, said, hey, got a top secret thing we're working on. Would you guys like to be a part of it? And we said, yeah, we like top secret cool things. And now we can finally talk about it. So here's the here's the lowdown. There is a way now via Anchor. Again, if you're listening on Anchor, you know how cool a site it is what a service it is to us as podcasters. We really enjoy using it. It's been uh, just a great, great way to, to produce the show. But now the cool thing about this is that we can now gain your support via the Anchor app. Well, the Anchor service, I should say, because you got to go to the mobile desktop or your your plain desktop, your computer, uh, hit that up. And there will be a button that will show up. You'll be prompted to uh, support us as a show, as a station here on Anchor. And how you do that is you can uh, support us by pledging anywhere from nine ni- or nine ninety nine down to four ninety nine, 
And then 99 cents is where you can kind of get in at. So there's those three different levels of support, which we would greatly appreciate if you considered any of those uh, as you you look at that as an option. If you enjoy the show, we would really greatly appreciate that. We'll be announcing a contest that we'll be holding for all of our supporters early next week. So stay tuned for that. Get on board because if you're a supporter, you'll be a part of that for sure. And uh, you'll basically that's that's it. You you click on the support. Everything's done securely through the website. You can't yet do it via the app. Uh, I think they're trying to work on that and get that functionality working, but it's much much easier to secure it via a browser, whether it's your mobile browser or your desktop browser. So check those out. Uh, we would really, really greatly appreciate it if you supported us. We work really, really hard to get shows out every day here on Board Games Daily. Uh, we love what we do. We love gaming. We love having an awesome audience like you. So uh, that's that's why we do this. It's a labor of love. And if uh, if you wanted to support us in that labor, we would greatly appreciate it. So there it is. That's the big news Thank you so much for considering supporting us. And if you're listening, thank you for listening. You, We have a great audience. We have a really cool audience here. And we're just so glad to be uh, a part of the board gaming community and a part of your day here on Board Games Daily. You can be more than just a listener. If you're listening via the Anchor app, you can be a part of the discussion by using the voice message feature. Don't just sit on the sidelines. Download the app and join the conversation today. Hey everyone, Firestone here with Board Games Daily, powered by TheologyofGames.com. I wanted to talk today about Keyforge. I don't know if you've heard about this game. It's coming out from Fantasy Flight Games later this year. It was premiered at Gen Con. And I was not paying attention to this at all. I saw that it was a new game. The cover looked kind of cool. But it was designed by Richard Garfield and was a 1v1 game that seemed collectible. I had, as much as I respect and love Magic, I had no desire to jump into another game like that. I do not need more collectible things, more things to my money toward, anything like that. So, completely off my radar. And then... I started hearing more and more about it, and the more I do, the more I think, this could kind of be amazing. So apparently, it uh, there's not a lot known about it yet. There are, it's a card game, 1v1, and there are seven factions within the universe of this game. And you will buy decks that will have three of the seven factions in them, cards from three of the seven factions. And I think each faction has something like 50 cards in the first set. So there's something like 350, maybe my math is off there, but 350 cards for uh, the first set. And so you will buy a deck for this game that will have three of the factions in it and some combination of the, of the cards. The thing that's interesting is they're calling this a unique deck game. This is a totally new concept, and what it means is every deck you buy is completely and utterly unique. Not it's mostly unique, or not it's some unique and some cards you've seen before. Um, It is completely and utterly unique. No two decks will be alike. There are something like 
four quadrillion different combinations just with the first set that can be in the in these uh, makeups of three different factions and cards from them and just the combinations that can come out so no one will have the same decks each deck will be uniquely named and i've seen a couple of the names and it seems honestly like it runs through just a random word generator that creates these names but who cares every one of them is unique and that's really a cool idea and um one of the things i love about this is I like games with deck building in concept, but I rarely actually end up doing that because I don't have time, it's a lot of work, and I just generally don't dive in deep enough to be able to do that. This game takes care of that because you buy a deck, you cannot add or subtract from it because it has a unique back on it. Somehow they they have these unique backs on them, and so your deck that you buy is utterly self-contained, utterly unique. You buy the deck and you play the deck you have. That's it. You can buy more decks. Every new deck is going to cost $10 and it will be a different combination. And maybe you find a combination you like and so you'll buy more decks to try and get more of that combination of, of factions. Maybe you find a new one. Maybe you find a new combination. I don't know what to think about this yet. $10 a deck is really cool for something I never have to mess with. I just buy it and learn to play that exact deck really well. Now, one of the things that people are asking is, is this balanced? And I don't know exactly how it can be balanced. So one of the things they have, it's, it's a mechanism called chains. I don't know exactly what that reference is or what it means. But what I know is that um, if a deck consistently wins over time, they gain these chains and apparently that's a sort of a handicap and so when it comes time to draw cards i think they draw fewer cards so i don't know how that will work it seems a little clunky and i'm not sure how in practice it'll, good in practice it'll be but right now i'm completely fascinated by this concept of a utterly unique deck that i don't have to mess with in any way i cannot wait to try this game out the starter set is going to come with two starter decks that my understanding is those will be set and will be ways for people to learn. And then it will come with also two other decks that are, like I said, completely unique. And then a number of tokens and things. And um, sounds really cool. I cannot wait to play this. I will probably at least buy a starter set and see how that is. And I'm terrified that I'm going to get hooked on this. But the concept is just too fascinating to have utterly unique decks. So that is Keyforge, news coming out of Gen Con from Fantasy Flight Games. So definitely check that out when it comes out. I will be. It sounds amazing. The logistics alone of how to print all those, I can't even imagine. This is not something that could have been done just a few years ago. But the technology now exists. And I don't even know how, what it means. But gosh, this looks cool. So anyway, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you later. Have a great day. Bye. Okay. So I feel like my mind is melting here because when Scott told me about the whole key forge thing, I was like, Oh cool. There's seven decks and each deck is unique and you play with it and it's great. And then the more I've read about key forge and hearing what Scott had to say, there's like millions of unique decks. Like how, what, I mean, it's gotta be like a limited run where there's not that many. 
I, I don't know, but this game sounds really, really cool. I like the concept of that unique sort of, you know, snowflake deck where everything is very unique, very, you know, it is its own deck. Um, I'm sure there's got to be some kind of algorithm that, you know, there's, uh, what, a thousand cards and then each one has like, one card is different. So like, I mean, I don't know. That's, that's just unreal to me. That's, that's wild. Um, this game sounds really, really cool. I think, uh, I think that, so we talked about this a little bit ago. We talked about the whole idea of, of, well, you know, Asmodee just got sold for $1.4 billion. And, you know, what's that going to mean for, for these big game companies, you know, Asmodee and Fantasy Flight and Mayfair and, and Z-Man, all the studios that they kind of control now. What's that going to mean? Are we going to see anything that's just going to be blowing us away? Or are we going to see things that are going to be the safe play? We're going to see, you know, games that we know are going to be solid, but there's not really going to be much innovation in them. And to me, this seems like uh, kind of reaffirming like look we're still pushing those boundaries this is a game that pushes the boundaries and oh by the way would be very difficult or i mean just impossible for an indie upstart to print and publish and distribute because if you think logistically of what it would take to do this and, and i mean it boggles the mind i'm sure there's like crazy like quantum mechanics involved and in how they're they're shipping this and printing it and uh and all of that but um i that's the power of a 1.4 billion dollar publisher you can you can dream something up like this and actually execute it. So I think that to me, that's kind of a, Hey, that's awesome. That is what the industry needs. We still need giants. We still need these colossal publishers in the industry that can pull off something like this and just blow us away. That doesn't mean there's no room for indies and upstarts and uh, you know, people that, just kind of are scraping by on Kickstarter. We need all of those people because I think that just raises the the level of gaming and, and innovation and everything there. But if you want something like this to happen, it's got to be through one of the bigger publishing houses. So uh, that's my two cents on this. I think it's going to be... Uh, whether it works or not and you know all the balance and mechanics and everything that people are talking about whether that all actually comes through and and works and you know time will tell on all of that the fact that this concept was can you know something that was conceived and designed and is now going to be released uh is just great for the industry and great uh, to me, it's a great advocate for the fact that, yes, it's a good thing that there are huge publishers in this industry and in this in this community. Nothing against the little guys. Love all the little guys. We, we play all your games. Um, but this is one of those cool things that I think 
just shows the diversity that we need in terms of the range of publishing power, <laughs> firepower, I guess, uh, in the industry. So there's my thoughts on it. Sounds amazing. Looking forward to getting my hands on it. So that's a little bit about Keyforge. What do you guys think? Let us know. Where do you come down on this? Is this something cool or do you think it's a gimmick? Let us know what you think. Use that call-in feature, the voice message feature on Anchor, or you can tweet at us at BoardGamesDaily. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Okay, welcome back to Board Games Daily, everybody. We've had a lot of stuff that we've been talking about today, some pretty cool stuff. One of our main topics has been Keyforge, and this is AJ Skifstad wanting to try, chime in on Keyforge and give you my two cents. This sounds like a really, really cool game. I like the idea a lot. I like the idea that, that it's cheap, it's inexpensive, and I like the fact that, like, like Scott has mentioned and we've heard about, everything about every deck is unique. It is self-contained. It is what it is. You get what you get and you play the game. It sounds really, really good. I don't really understand the gameplay yet, what it's going to look like. But if, it, if it's like Magic where you're playing cards from your hand and, and you have you have different cards in front of you and you use mana to purchase cards or do, just different things like that where you're just kind of like, kind of like a CCG where cards are going to be battling or maybe you're trying to acquire certain things to, to win the game. I don't know. Uh, if it's like that, maybe it'll... I don't know. We, we saw Epic come out and Epic was cool. It was like Magic Light where everybody got to uh, play a quick easy game heroes versus heroes and uh there were some really cool cards but uh, you know and then there's some people who love epic um but if it plays like epic or if it's anything like that kind of style i don't know how well it's gonna do because that's already out there it's already magic light has already been introduced and epic's got a ton of different cards and you can change the factions now, if the idea is to just have pre-constructed, like Scott says, and no, you don't have the time to think about that, I also wonder, how much is it like Summoner Wars by Plat Hack Games? Now, Summoner Wars was a great game where you actually had a grid system or, 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 or uh, kind of like um, tiles that you were moving your, uh, your characters along and you were trying to take the other person's summoner. And each deck was pre-constructed. You... You actually, there was a mechanism that you could use to construct the deck yourself, but these were pre-constructed decks that had the same back on them, so you knew what they were, and you could get really good at playing with one deck, and these decks were balanced, and they, what was cool about Summoner Wars was if you bought the core set, it had like, it had like 15 decks in it already, and then you could go out and you could buy more decks. They had like 30 or 40 factions that were all extremely unique. There was nothing similar about each faction. Now, like I said, there was a customizable way to, to, to work some factions together. They even came out uh, a couple years later with another core set that kind of integrated some factions, like, like the Tundra Orcs with the Jungle Elves, and it had already done that. But, but the original core set had so many factions you could use, and that was uh, 1v1, and it was awesome. It was a great game. 
Um, and I just wonder how similar this is going to be to Summoner Wars, except with Summoner Wars, you got tons of decks already in the box. You didn't have to buy 30 bucks and you were good to go for, for years. I'm still playing it with my buddies and we have a great time doing it. And that was for 30 bucks. Do I really want to pay 10 bucks or, you know, a deck for, for Keyforge? I don't know. The game's going to have to wow me. I'm really excited about it because it does look cool. It sounds cool. I want to be impressed. I want to like this game. I want to spend money on this game. Will I though? I don't know. It depends on how it plays. It depends on how it all shakes out. So we'll see. That's my two cents on it. I hope it's not too similar to other games. I hope it's just different enough that I can throw some money at it. That's it for now. Check you later. This one is fresh off the game table. It's time for more Board Game Buzz as Board Games Daily gives you a first impression of the latest games to hit our tables. Hey everyone, Firestone here with Board Games Daily powered by TheologyofGames.com. Wanted to talk to you today about a review that just went live on the site. It is for the Gloomhaven organizer from The Broken token. Now, I um, am a huge fan of Gloomhaven. Uh, the more I play it, the more I think it might uh, just be my favorite game, but uh, we'll see. Maybe uh, it's not going to eclipse the resistance probably, but man, it's going to be top 10 for sure, I think. So anyway, I had this game for a few months and had played a few scenarios and I just wasn't sure what I was going to do with the pieces, how to organize it. I was, I had some stuff in baggies I had all the monster tokens out on a little side table and they were just in stacks and it was taking up a ton of space and I realized this is not a long-term solution. I can put them in bags, it's just gonna be cumbersome and trying to figure out what to do and I was just at a loss. And so then I got the broken token organizer and it's awesome. Uh, it took me the better part of five or six hours to put together all told, and that was over a number of days because I would put a few pieces together and then use wood glue, which is, I would suggest using wood glue on the, on the joints. And, um, so gluing and then letting that set aside to dry for a little bit and sometimes overnight and then coming back and doing a few more pieces. So it took me, like I said, six hours or so. And it's, it's really good. There are a few things I'm not a huge fan of. And one of the, the the biggest one for me is the there's just one large tray to put all of the map tiles in and it just seems inelegant to me and kind of messy I, I'm not a fan of it every time I, I can't keep straight which pieces are supposed to go where there's an there's etches on the side of the tray that tell you what order to put things back in but I don't know it just doesn't feel intuitive and Every time I, I go to, to get something or put something away, I feel like I'm having to take everything out in order to do that. So I don't know. It just doesn't feel like a great solution to me. I don't know what the other ones are. I don't know what the other organizers use. So I'm not saying it's the worst or, or compared to others, it's bad. I'm just saying I'm not a huge fan of it, but there might not be a better way. And uh, another thing that I'm not a huge fan of is that it comes with four character trays that hold all your tokens and your cards and your character card and your hit point experience point tracker and those store right in the box so you can keep all your characters in there and keep the things 
together for it without having to take it in and out of boxes all the time. But the game kind of assumes that you're going to have four characters running at a time because the only way everything fits back in the box is if you have four characters that are out. And that is not, I'm not a huge fan of that, but only because I'm only playing a two player game. And so, uh, if I was playing a four player game, I'd be super happy that they had four character trays and that you used them all. But because I have, I'm only playing with two, I actually have to have two characters that are out of their boxes and in those trays that we're not even playing with. They're just two of the other starter characters that just sit there taking up space. But all that aside, it's really great. One of my favorite things is that it has these combat trays that you just lift out and set on the table for status markers and things like that. And before, we just kind of had a big pile of them sitting on the table, and that's valuable real estate for a game that's that takes up so much space like Gloomhaven does. But um, And so we'd have to go searching through, oh, where's the immobilized token? I can't find it. Dig, dig, dig. And where did I put the money oh, over there in that pile? And these trays, you just pull them out of the box, set them on the table, use them throughout the game when you're done, set them back in the box. It's super handy. I love those trays. They take up a very little amount of space. Everything is separated and organized. It's, it's awesome. Another thing I really love are the monster tuck boxes. Uh, I think this is the only organizer that I've seen that uses tuck boxes. And I was never a fan until I decided to make some for Mage Knight a few years ago. And they're great. I love tuck boxes now. <laughs> and these tuck boxes hold all of the monster tokens for each type and the modifier or excuse me, the ability cards for them. And all in one tray, and so you just walk over, oh, I need the living bones, that's not a spoiler, it's from scenario one. So I need the living bones, I walk over, pick up the living bones box, everything I need is in there. It's great. So, if you need an organizer, I recommend the broken token one. It's great, it works well, it looks good, everything fits back in the box, and other than a couple of small things that I don't like, I overwhelmingly like more than I don't like about this uh, organizer. And it is a lifesaver. It has saved me so much time already. And we've only played three scenarios with since I've had this and uh, assembled. And I can already tell it's just saving me so much time. Probably 10 minutes setup, 10 minutes teardown. Uh, maybe 15 total. But I mean, the point is, it's saving you a lot of time over the course of 70 or so scenarios that you're going to play uh, of Gloomhaven. So Gloomhaven's an investment and I would totally suggest making the investment of a good organizer and the broken token one is good. So let us know what you think. Have you used any of these organizers? Uh, maybe a different one that you recommend? Let's talk about this a little bit and thanks for listening. We'll talk to you later. Bye. All right, well, that's going to do it for yet another episode of Board Games Daily. It's 174 episodes. So awesome. Thanks for tuning in. Again, check out the listener support feature, which is now available via Anchor by by mobile desktop or by desktop desktop. <laughs> Go ahead and check that out. We would so, so appreciate your support. We, of course, always appreciate our listeners, especially those who share the show with their friends, who uh, share it online, whether it's via social media or just telling folks about it. 
Thanks for linking us uh, wherever you link things. And of course, you can always find us at theologyofgames.com. Don't forget to check out That's How I Roll, my interview with Brenna Noonan. And uh, we've got more coming at you tomorrow. So thanks for tuning in. Thanks for your support, whether it be via the listener support feature or just by being a listener. I'm Jeremiah Isley for AJ Skifstad and Scott Firestone. And until tomorrow, hey, go play a game. Thanks for joining us today. Board Games FM is powered by TheologyOfGames.com. Don't forget to head over to TheologyOfGames.com to check out all we have to offer, including written reviews, our YouTube channel, and two other podcasts. If you enjoyed this show, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you're listening. Thanks for listening, and go put a game on the table. Thank you.